Market Watch is proudly brought to you by Top Sport, home of the Top Sport betting multi. Gamble responsibly. Call 1800 858 858. G'day everyone, welcome to a special, well, it's always special, isn't it? Come on, come on. Uh, Anyway, here we go in 2024, we're locking in again. I'm back from the LA trip, absolutely, that the usual suspects are in attendance. I'm talking about Tristan Merlihan, I'd love to know where he is on the rankings right now, and Jared Condon from readingtheplay.com.au, and I was very interested to hear Jared combining the expert slash hosting duties in my absence. Um... So this this is going to be this is going to be very good. How are we, gentlemen? Yeah, pretty good, Jimmy. I'm I'm a little bit surprised that you know two weeks away and you just slot straight back into the hosting role. I, I would have thought you got to work your way through the uh, through reserve grade and play a couple of uh, games second fiddle. But no, there wasn't even a question. And um, I've got a couple of uh, texts here, listeners um, listeners to the show, Mrs. Condon. I think Jared did a great job hosting. So I was um, I'm, I'm surprised, but no, we um, we we held the fort whilst you're away. Uh, we obviously missed you. It sounded like a great trip. Saw a few of those videos and. I don't know how many uh, how many edits you needed to do to get it so close when you're throwing the uh, throwing the football, but um, no, it was uh, it was it was good. And uh, the rankings the rankings are okay. We've uh, we, the kids are back at school, and um, I I think I'm in a in a lucky position with Charlotte. It's her first uh, year in in big school, and her teacher is a mad Panthers fan. So. Uh, that has been a big, big tick. So I'm, I'm taking her to school every day at the moment. And um, I actually got told when I brought her in the wrong uniform on the second day, they said, no, nah, it's okay. You're a Panthers fan. It's all good. So uh, it's uh, that's a big win. So the rankings are slightly, slightly creeping up. But uh, big week of football. The NFL, we're into the conference games. We've got some cricket, test cricket, big bash finish last night. Australia Day racing. So plenty to chat about. Yes, yes. Well, the prodigal son returns, eh? Who would have thought? Amazing, Tristan, some of the messages I've got. I mean, I got one message that said, it's amazing you take all of Jimmy's fluff out and the podcast goes down by about 20 minutes. And then another message is <laughs> saying, well, we need Jimmy back because we haven't had any lunch bets for the last couple of weeks. So here we go. We've got the crew back together. Yes, off and running. And all you've got to do now with that teacher's, Tristan, uh, Tristan is uh, move them over to being a Detroit follower and <laughs> you're covered all year round. Yeah, I've got to make sure I don't wear the uh, the Top Sport Titan shirt to uh, any of those pickups anytime soon as well. That's the other little uh, dilemma I've got too. So it's, it's going to be a long year, I think. But no, it's uh, Detroit. Yeah, how, how good do they go? Uh, just to let you know, repping the Top Sport Titans shirt at the moment too. Um, all right, some, some quick observations from me of my time over there in Los Angeles. So yes, uh, myself and General Manager of Football Lawson did a tour of SoFi Stadium, um, absolutely spectacular. The stadium is a star, um, but to be in the Rams dressing room, to be out on the field, I'm actually three from five uh, as a kicker at uh, SoFi Stadium, so reasonably happy with that. Got to throw some passes around there. It was an amazing tour, uh, so many things of interest. But overall, uh, like, uh, you know, the NBA is just, it just feeds you every night, like just game after game after game, um, which was fascinating. But the weekends is all about the NFL. It was extraordinary. We were there for the last round of the regular season. We were there for wildcard round and we were there for a uh, divisional round. And the country is just dominated by, even in LA, that is not a big football city. You know, yeah, the, the Rams are reasonably popular. The Chargers probably not so much. 
But these big franchises that were involved, you know, the 49ers, the Cowboys, the Packers, um, the Ravens, and then you get a story like Detroit, which I know you guys have been talking about over the last couple of weeks, but just fascinating. And I reckon in, in, in the US right now, if your team's not in the finals in this final four, then you're, you're cheering for Detroit, who have been starved of success for so long. They've got a great story in Jared Goff going and being successful there. Uh, outstanding work from an ownership group, um, from a general manager of football, and most notably from Dan Campbell as coach. Uh, Jared, I know you've been uh, championing this for quite some time now, but it's just a, a great story that is literally gripping the country at this point. Oh, absolutely. And if you're not following the Detroit Lions social media, go and have a look at what they've done, uh, not over recent days, but recent weeks. Some of their social media has been outstanding uh, and just got great humour to it and good humour. Um, and some of the Dan Campbell clips and his um, what he's done is just astounding. Uh, also, their general manager, there was a very good post during the week of each of their uh, list and... Um, um, draft buys over the last three years. They've been very, very clever in how they've rebuilt this team and got success within three years. No doubt, all of the public are behind them at the present moment. And, and Jimmy, very interesting about the crowd numbers I mean, and the, and the following. And all of a sudden, yeah, we'll talk about it in weeks to come. You know, the NRL is talking about their game in Vegas and they've sold a 1,000 tickets, but they don't know if they'll even get the players in there. But that's another story. But, yes, it's all, all about NFL at the moment and uh, lots to recap. And, uh, well, very quickly, uh, we were on a very good roll while you are away, but it uh, all of a sudden hit the curb last week. Jimmy um, came up short. We ended up with a couple of uh, place getters in the racing. Uh, we were both over the 49ers. Um, and the Bills last week to cover the line, which obviously the Bills got beat. Uh, the 49ers didn't cover the line. Very interesting update on the lunch bet table, Jimmy. Uh, we've got you at minus four, uh, me at plus one, Tristan at plus one. And um, just to give you a quick little update, there was a management decision come through from Tristan yesterday that um, it's a minus one penalty for any week that you missed a podcast. So there's another minus two to you. So um, you're a little bit behind the eight ball to start the year, but yeah, that's a long way to go. Funny you mention that because I just had a look at the agenda before jumping on the call, and I thought for minus four that must be just a practical joke. These blokes have been, you know, uh, it's this you know champagne's comedy that they've come up with in my absence, and and now you've given me a, a, a an explanation, albeit an unworthy one. But anyway, you know what? I'm happy with that. That's fine. I might be able to, you know, it's like a stall gift, isn't it? They put the fastest blokes at the back. I, I can imagine me being handicapped after having a couple of years of wins. So um, that all makes a whole heap of sense to me right now. Um, uh, just go back. To, oh, we'll get to the NFL a little bit later. Um, where? Okay. I know where I am now on the lunch bet table. Where are we with the uh, charity balance, Tristan? Uh, the charity balance is 5,359 at the moment. So, yes, it was a barren week last week. Uh, obviously, uh, Green Bay uh, kept it very tight against San Fran, which was an exciting game. And then Kansas City, they just show in those big games, they know how to lift. So uh, 5,359, we've got a bit of work to do. But uh, we've got all three of us back on deck this weekend to try to get it done. Yes, and all of that great bank balance to start this year. 
Uh, we're still into the last week of January. What a great standing we have, all for Pass It On Clothing. And uh, we'll talk about it in weeks to come, but we've got some very exciting news about a lunch in Brisbane for the Magic Round and just an outstanding guest. So a uh, lot to look forward to in the coming weeks. But, Jimmy, I'm sure you've caught up with everything that's going on with the BBL last night and, well, test cricket, but I'm not sure anybody's watching and maybe not anybody following. But, yeah, a little bit happening in the cricket world at the moment. So I, let, let's go back to that um, before we get to the test match. Um, well done, the Brisbane Heat. Finally, a Queensland-based side is able to sneak through in a final. So that's a bit of a drought breaker for them. Um, they're, they're, they're a good story too. But at what price could you have got the Brisbane Heat at different stages during the course of this BBL? Because I know um, I was really surprised that that win from the Sydney Sixers against the Perth Scorchers, which just upset the apple cart completely over there at Optus Stadium. But... Um, the Heat to come down to the SCG, great crowd there. In fairness to Cricket Australia and the big B, uh, BBL administrators, well done to them on finding the sweet spot about, hey, let's pull it back a little. This is a lesson for every administration. I'm talking to you, National Rugby League. Let's pull it back a little bit. Let's create a bit of scarcity. Let's make each match a premium. And look what happened. They're outstanding crowds, outstanding TV audiences, uh, culminating in a, a record crowd at the SCG. What what? What were the Heat at different stages, Tristan? Yeah, they they were. Um, I suppose the Heat were always one of the the form teams of the competition early uh, from from the get go. But they opened uh, just to put it in, into perspective. I'm just trying to bring it up here. They were as high as eight dollars uh, to win the competition. So that was uh, that was back in in November. They were at eight dollars, which was at the start of the competition. So that was the one of the roughest at that point. Then they got on a good run and they firmed all the way in. They got into $2.90 at the start of January when they were going very well and it looked like it was a race in two between them and the Heat. Uh, sorry, them and the Scorchers. And then obviously we had the situation where uh, they were losing a lot of their players and, and their top five were all out. And, and that was probably the one thing. I've been a little bit critical of the Big Bash and I don't know what the, what the answer is, but they're obviously playing a game without the superstars. But then you get a situation where some young guns step up and really show their worth. So there's obviously two ways to look at it as well. So the Heat were underdogs going into that game last night, despite um, you know the record they had. They obviously had the home final um, and, and lost uh, last weekend. So there was a lot of undulation in the betting market. Um, they uh, the, the, the Sixers got in short after they got that early wicket last night. They got into $1.35, but then after that partnership got going, the Heat were pretty firm favourites for the duration once uh, once they, they, they looked like they were putting up a decent score. So Spencer Johnson, outstanding player of the match, um, four wickets. Uh, he is a great story given all the injuries that he's been through. Um, I totally agree around the players. That that was the, the thing that I identified when you step back a little bit and you look at it and you go, oh, hang on, where's where's Laurie Evans? Or, or And I think it's the South African T20 tournament that they're losing these players to. And the Dubai I think in well. future, yeah, so Tommy Curran was another one for the, the Sydney Sixers. Um, I, I would suggest in the future that you can't sign a BBL contract unless you can fulfil the entirety of the contract. So I think that's something to look at because otherwise it becomes really uneven um, and, and there's a real disparity between the sides that get to the finals and the sides that play in the finals. So maybe that's something that the BBL can look at. What about Test cricket, mate? It seemed to be over very quickly against the West Indies. Shamar Joseph, great story. Beyond that, Wow, that's a cakewalk. Yeah, well, the only story is um, to do with the weather uh, at the moment because we are expecting some heavy rain up here in Queensland 
uh, over the course of the next few days. Now, Australia were, I think, $1.04 going into the, the test match against uh, the Windies in Adelaide, and they proved that if ever there's a $1.04 that's value, it was probably that being the case. So if anything, you'd expect them to be shorter. But they've actually drifted out to $1.14, the Aussies. The draws come from $17 into $6.25 just with the weather around. It did get into as low as $4.80 yesterday. So we've got clear skies here today in Queensland. It looks like we're going to get a, a day's worth of cricket in. And, um, you know, it, whether the windies can get through two days is, is, a, is another question anyway. But there is that doubt. The toss is going to be crucial because um, if Australia bat first, then that might sort of... Uh, Play, play differently as well. So I guess that's really the only question. It's all eyes on the forecast, all eyes on, on what the weather's going to do. The Windies, yeah, they certainly didn't um, didn't perform at the level. They probably performed at the level we expected, but it's, it's, it's such a sad side to see uh, you know a team steeped in tradition in, in this test format send over a side that is, uh, you know, would, would battle to beat many of the, uh, the Sheffield Shield sides. Well, the latest forecast here this morning is that Sunday will be a wipeout. Uh, Sunday there's expected you know, somewhere around 30 mil all the way through the day uh, but I think they'll get play, certainly today will be clear, Friday doesn't look like there'll be any harm Saturday uh, the same Sunday's the question mark, so I would suggest it's probably only one day of the five that's in doubt uh, I don't think day four will be required, I think you might be right Jimmy, you know which is, which is really sad, I, I've seen some vision of the the green deck that's up there, my God. Um, I'm sure that it's not going to be like that yes. when they pull the covers back. But, um, yeah, it looks, looks pretty scary from that point of view. But I don't think the West End, especially given it's a day-night test match at the Gabba, like this is this is brand-new territory for any team, let alone a, a team that's got a top six that's as inexperienced as the West Indies. It's interesting. Like, you go away and you, you come back and you look at things through a different lens. I've never been more convinced now that test cricket should be played over four days and that you should start at 10 o'clock on the day or you have an eight-hour window to play test cricket, like 10 o'clock to 6 o'clock. And for the broadcaster, that takes you straight into your news. So they're going to be very happy. Forget about all this stuff about, oh, we can't do this and we can't break here and we don't do that. No, you play for eight hours, give themselves a 40-minute break and then a 30-minute break. Anyone who buys a ticket get good value for money turning up at the cricket. The broadcasters will be happier because the schedule will be easier to fit in when you've got other tournaments like BBL and One Dayers and T20 Internationals. And from a pitch point of view, which is the only thing you start thinking about, oh, you won't get that fifth day wear and tear. Well, you'll get the wear and tear because there's more traffic coming in the first three days. Um, so the fourth day will break up more than previously. So uh, that's something I'm absolutely convinced of now. I'd agree with you, Jimmy. I, th- I think that's exactly the path forward. And there needs to be the, that change. And, you know, Test cricket has been very, very traditional and, you know, all of the rules and, and start times and all of that sort of stuff. I mean, we, we now need to get eight hours worth of play and stop some of the yep. stuffing around that we get. I, I agree with you totally about a 10 o'clock start. Let's get eight hours of play in. And it'll also produce a four-day result. And all we're doing is moving five days back into four anyway, as you suggest. And I think it'll be uh, great for Test cricket and also scheduling. Yeah. And who knows? Australia might bowl 90 overs in a day then. Yeah, well, 
Who would believe? And there's nothing more exciting than uh, than going into the last session of a of a test, and and I don't think that'll have too big an impact if it's a four or a five day match. But going into that last session of a test, where all three options are live, and and and, and I think yep. that's the that that's the thing that we need to try to find a way to encourage that because um you know the, like some of those I think it was the Ashes when it was out here in Australia not that long ago when you know Anderson and Broad were, were, were trying to save the test and then there was a chance like it, it's it's a very exciting format when you can get to that but unfortunately if the match is going to finish in three and a half days you completely rule out one of those options so you know I, I suppose it's also monitored like you know seeing how the weather and all that might impact things but yeah it's certainly worth a trial obviously moving towards day-night tests as well there, there's it, it does ensure that there's going to be Less and less matches going going five days, so it's certainly something that was very very worth considering. And, and from a scheduling point of view, have a reserve day. You know, if you're if you're a big genera- revenue generating test match like Melbourne or Sydney, indeed any test match, have a reserve day. That you know you, you could probably fill the schedule with it if you might not need it, but anyway, it's there, and that's for your biggest customer, and that's your broadcaster who who want that those great audiences. What about the Aussie Open, mate? We've been watching that from a far horrible time slot over there in the US, but um, we're down to the nitty-gritty. Where's where's the market for overall winner for both the women's and the men's? Yeah, we are down to the nitty-gritty, and we're into the final four. We're obviously filming this on Thursday morning, so we've got the uh, the four players left in both sides of the draw. Novak Djokovic, he is still the favourite. He's $1.75. He takes on Yannick Sinner, who's been very, very good today. He's three sixty to win it. Medvedev, five twenty, and Alex Zverev, who knocked off Carlos Alcaraz last night, he's at nine dollars. So it's been a pretty exciting tournament. There's been a few, um, a few close games, a few epics, and um, and yeah, I, I think we've got four of the uh, four of the superstars going into that final uh, that, that final four. Obviously, shame Alcaraz isn't there. And then you go to the women's side of the draw with Sabalenka looking to go back to back a dollar seventy two, Coco Goff three sixty five, Zeng at five fifty. And yes, Tomeska is at fifteen dollars. So, um, going to have uh, three really good games on both sides of the the draw, and looking forward to seeing uh, who emerges out out of out of both sides. Where do you see value, Tristan, from your point of view? I see a little bit of value in whoever whoever you like to win the Medvedev Zverev game. I, I, I think it's going to be an absolute beauty today, Djokovic Sinner, and, and and obviously whoever wins that game is going to. Uh, getting very short in, in the final. Um, I just feel that both of those players have, you know, that, that they've had challenging runs. I think Medvedev and Zerev. Zerev showed last night that he can knock off a really, really good player in Alcaraz. Medvedev's been there and done that. I, I just think either one of those coming into the final with a bit of momentum is going to take on one of the top two um, that are going to have a really, really hard semi-final. So I just think there might be a bit of value in those outside two. All right, Jared, we've held you back long enough. Let's get to the conference round, the conference championship round uh, of the NFL. And I'm sure we're going to look backwards uh, be- before we get to that. Um, outstanding games last week, it must be said. Um, I thought the, the 49ers and the Packers game, I thought we were up for the mother of all upsets. That was a, a fantastic game of NFL. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I agree with you, Jimmy. I, I thought we were about to get that major upset. I mean, uh, Purdy, I thought, did not handle the wet very well. Uh, he ended up doing what they wanted on that final drive to win the game. But, gee, the pack was, Packers were there. And that key injury to Debo Samuel had a significant influence yep. on that game. Now ha- has an enormous influence into this week because the latest reports about an hour ago out of the US is that he has not trained. 
today in the US um, and there is still some doubt about whether he plays this week and it's a real key for the 49ers because their record if you take the four or five games that he missed this year season to date out the 49ers are a very different side uh, the weather forecast is very good for the 49ers. They do need dry con conditions. I think that was very clear last week, but there's a big watch over that. Um, the Ravens ended up uh, very strong in the second half. Um, very good scheme defensively to shut down Stroud and beat the Texans, who have had an outstanding season. But, gee, I've been saying since the Ravens beat the 49ers, and, you know, I'm a 49ers fan, but the Ravens just have a great mix of being very physical, great defence, uh, a, a Quarterback in outstanding form. His second half last week was outstanding. On the other side, wow, we've got the Lions. I, I, I thought they were um, very good in the second half. I, I thought they probably could have won far more comfortably against the Bucks. And the Chiefs, they just have the Bills number, don't they? So we've now got this um, very enthralling weekend. Where we, we've got the Ravens against the Chiefs. Now, the Chiefs have an amazing record with Mahomes as an underdog. So we've got minus three and a half. I thought it was four and a half to maybe five. So I'm certainly want to be with the Ra uh, the Ravens, but um, the Chiefs defense last week, I thought was the key and then clearly a great quarterback. 49ers against the Lions. Uh, this is actually, uh, again, a test, but the Lions just keep aiming up for these tests. Uh, it's an outdoor game. You know, golf has had some problems in the past in such, but, they go to the 49ers with a question mark about whether De Debo Samuel plays. I'm with the Ravens and the 49ers to get through, but I thought the lines, um, the, the line spread was very well uh, placed. The Ravens at minus three and a half. The Lions at minus, uh, the 49ers at minus seven against the Lions. For my bet, I'm going with the Ravens. I, I'm with the two favourites to win, but I'm with the Ravens at the minus three and a half as my bet for the week. Yeah, what a um, what a fantastic few games, and I think as a Green Bay fan, you've got, you've got to be pretty excited about what that team is going to deliver over the next few years, being Absolutely. such a young side. But the one thing that I, I think um, you know was the was was noticeable in those those four pressure pack games was some really crucial field goal misses by the the kickers, and and it just shows when that pressure gets to you in those big games how important they are because I think they probably swung three of the games or certainly had an impact yep. in, in the result in, in, in three of the games there on the on the weekend. So we'll, we'll see how all of the, the kickers line up uh, in, in these big games. But, yeah, I, I, I think Bolton will look like they're going to be very hard to beat against the Chiefs, but you just can't write off Mahomes. He's just absolutely phenomenal, uh, you know, and, and to do what he did against Buffalo, he, you, you can just never write him off. So that'll be a fascinating game. My Detroit, geez, they, they, they just keep finding a way to get it done. And, and they're, they're taking on a 49ers side at home who will be very, very tough to beat. But I have to go with them plus the seven. So I'm going to take the Lions plus seven at the $1.92 uh, on, on uh, Monday there. Yeah, what about Anders Carlson, the kicker for the Green Bay Packers? Uh, wonder if he went to Mad Monday celebrations. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's all good enough, right? You're, you're the kicker and then you've... Missed a kick that probably mm, cost them their season. But anyway, that, that happens at that level. But um, all right, I thought Lamar, Lamar Jackson is a freak. Clear the MVP. Has you got an MVP market there, Tristan? Oh, MVP, I think it's uh, into, yeah, I, I think it might be too short to price back up. So yeah, I think yes. you're, uh, you're, you're right. Agreeing. He's been long odds on for about four weeks. He was amazing. He did everything. He, he threw touchdown passes. He rushed for yards. He rushed for touchdowns. 
Um, he controlled that entire thing, albeit he had great protection from an O-line. But even when he gets out of the pocket, he is just amazing. Um, the 49ers, um, Debo Samuel is uh, a loss. They had so many other options they don't go to. So Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle, and um, they, they have a heavy reliance on that run game of Christian McCaffrey, yes. um, which seems to pull up okay for them. I think defensively they're... I won't say they're under pressure, but they're a much vaunted defensive line, the 49ers, who probably haven't shown that as much as they they possibly could, albeit mate Jordan Love late might counter that. Um, I'll go to the Chiefs-Bills first up. Like Mahomes is a freak. Mahomes is the best player in the league in that situation, right? He, He goes into foreign territory. He hasn't got many weapons to use. Whatever he's got, he uses superbly. I mean, Kelsey is this aging warrior that's arguably one of the best of all time, but he just got it done on the biggest stage. The the, the Bills just let it slip away for all sorts of different reasons. But I, I, as a result of that, I've got a lunch bet on my hands here straight up. I'm coming at you, Condon, because you want to take the Ravens minus three and a half. I'll take the plus three and a half, Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and that whole Chiefs organisation that know how to win. Um, I, I'm happy to take you on there, Jared. I was hoping you'd be pepped up off the plane. That's uh, good news, Jimmy. Yes, absolutely. All over the Ravens. Thank you. All right. So there we go. We've got Chiefs. I'm going to write this down too because I know that some of the somehow I've ended up minus four. But anyway, Chiefs plus 3.5. Lunch bet with GC. Now, Tristan, floater, what have you been doing? Yeah, we, uh, we had our chat, as you wouldn't expect, before before you got on here, Jimmy. And Jared actually said to me, we just need to throw Jimmy off, uh, off off rhythm a little bit further. So whatever he does, I want you to go with him on the first bet of the season. So I'm going to go with you, Jimmy. I'm going to go with uh, Kansas City. I, I actually agree with you. I, 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 I just can't write off my homes. I, I think in a big game like this, we could get a one-two point score line. So I think it's going to be an absolute cracker of a match. I'll go with Jimmy on the plus in the lunch bet. So I'm loving every moment of this. What a great way to start the week. Jimmy, it's amazing. You know, going back uh, many, many years ago when I was uh, coaching footy and we had a, a, a goal kicker who was high quality, um, uh, very experienced, played at the top level. And whenever he was coaching goal kickers in NRL, he would make them kick 10 in front of the posts and kick 10 from 10 before he would allow them to kick from the sideline. And and his whole focus was about, under pressure, you need to be able to just keep nailing them from the easy spots before you worry about being the hero from the sideline. And we, we look at what un, unfolds in the NFL. And, you know, some of those pressure kicks last week, as you suggest, you know, I mean, the one, the, the Bills kicker, I mean, you know, it was to the right by a good 10 metres. And I know there was some wind involved and, and gosh knows whatever else. But sometimes it just amazes me, some of those easy chip kicks in front that these kickers miss. Uh, speaking of which, the Ravens have the greatest kicker that's ever played the game. So uh, you guys will be able to watch that and weep come uh, Monday our time. I think just touching on that game, Jimmy, too, the, the, the really interesting thing is going to be that first quarter because uh, I would expect that Campbell will come out and absolutely go full on attack and, and, and want to throw and, and play some action football and get some early points. And the one thing that 49ers have struggled with during the course of the season, if they've got to play tough and come from behind... Uh, in in pressure games, and I think that that's the way Campbell's going to want to play his cards. It should be enthralling, absolutely enthralling. 
all, all four teams have got a great storyline. You've got the two best teams all year. You've got the Mahomes storyline, and then you've got Detroit. So it, no matter what happens, but j- just on those receivers, I, I think some of the some of the just the yards after the catch and those crucial third down plays where where they fought for that extra two, three, four yards, which got the conversion, and then you know set them off on that run down the field. I, I think they're they're those little one percent yeah. plays that you know if they miss them, like there was a couple of instances got tackled and and Sir Brown had to make those five yards, and they got the third down, and then they went on and scored a touchdown. Where if that doesn't happen, you know they're punting, and it's a completely different storyline. So they they just uh, he shows at a young age you can get those clutch plays done, and and obviously you know that they're going to have to do plenty of those as underdogs uh, going against the forty nine. I hear this. Corporate sponsors everywhere in Baltimore um, offering a box up for the Kelsey family this weekend. Jimmy, as we get into racing, listen, while you're away, you're probably caught up with the story, but I just wanted to add the, uh, the next chapter to it about Storm Boy. So we all know about Gay Waterhouse turning up to a businessman's uh, lunch at a Penrith uh, pub. Uh, and taking a float with two horses on the back and then walking them around uh, the car park after she spoke to them all. And one of them she was offering shares in, which 16 guys in at that lunch that day took uh, a 2.5% share at six grand each. And that horse happened to be Storm Boy. Storm Boy goes on and wins the Magic Million. That six grand is turned into 50 grand. Well, two days ago, Coolmore have now bought Storm Boy for 50 million. 50 million. That six grand has just turned into 1.3 million for those 16 guys who are sitting in the pub. But even the other story that goes with it is there is a guy who popped up on social media a couple of weeks ago when a story came out after Storm Boy won the, uh, the Magic Millions saying that he and his mate were at that lunch. And his mate was really keen to take the two and a half percent for six grand and said, listen, why don't we do it together? Three grand each. You know, let's go in and I'm really keen. And his mate said, listen, as if this horse is any good, if it was any good, she wouldn't be walking around a car park at Penrith. And neither of neither of them went in it. Yeah, well, just uh, while I get my uh, my tips together, my lovely wife actually asked me, she read the same story about the sportsman's lunch and buying a horse, and she said, oh, when you go to these lunches with Jimmy, do you ever come back with a horse? I haven't heard any stories. No, nah, I only ever come back with a headache when I go to one of those. So it's a um, <laughs> it's a slightly different uh, ending to that. But anyway, it's uh, they're always good fun. Um, I'm going to take us to the Sunshine Coast for a big day of race. We've got a big day of racing on Australia Day, don't forget, as well. But I'm going to take us to Saturday Race three, number seven, Party Spirit. Uh, it's been very, very well backed already. Benny Thompson, the saddle, had a very good prep so far. Uh, three wins and a third. So it's in very, very good form, been well backed. I think it's going to add another win to its uh, tally. I'm going to uh, take a leaf out of Jimmy's book and throw this 100 on the nose. That's race three, number seven, Party Spirit. Look forward to a big weekend of NFL and all the other sports. Should be great. Reading the Play is Australia's favourite source of NRL and horse racing tips. Our professional analysts provide the sporting enthusiasts with the best of the best. Get the best professional tips and previews from our tipsters direct to your phone. Readingtheplay.com.